Hello, my name's Mark Ferguson. This is the 16th episode of the Radio Loop podcast. Quite long overdue because we've not we've not done one for a while. How's it going? Good. How are you? I haven't spoken to you in so long. I'm joking. But the podcast, we haven't spoken to each other in very long at all. No, Ages. we've not. What happened? What? Why we haven't done the podcast? Yeah. Oh, I think I was busy, then you were busy, then I wasn't here, then you weren't here, then neither of us were here, and then you were busy. It's just been one of them, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been ridiculous. It has. And we always record this podcast on a Friday afternoon, and it is Friday afternoon now, but we've been quite lacking in Friday afternoons. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and that's what we're going to talk about, I think, isn't it? Why we've been lacking, the stuff that we've been up to. Yeah. The Verica. Yeah. To our loyal listeners, if, yes. there, if there are any. Hi, Mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been sat there looking at the phone every night thinking where is that that yellow icon has not um joe rogan does a podcast every day and these lamos can't even get one out in about however many months four four months yeah that's a third of a year yeah maths see i got maths (laughs) (laughs) so what have you been up to then tell us something exciting tell you something exciting well work-wise um Times are busy at the moment. Busy times. Lovely. Um, which is good. Um, quite a few different projects. A few website, a few websites on the go. Nice. And um, I'm working on um, a project for uh, a property development in Brighton, which is is quite far-reaching in that it's it's identity and it's branding and it's messaging nice and um there's brochure website wayfinding signage hoardings um commissioning cgi images commissioning photography are directing the photography um commissioning copy um so yeah there's quite a lot of things in, involved presentation documents and stuff like that so that and a few other things have been keeping keeping me busy really nice it's good yeah nice good sort of meaty stuff to do a yeah. variety of stuff as well i think you've got at the moment haven't you? yeah we, we've kind of spoken before about like obviously um for people who are self-employed you go through times of being busy and you go through times of being quiet mm. and um i'm much better I'm much happier when I'm busy than, as you know. You are a happy soul when you have 110 things to do and you're running at 110 miles an hour in a good way. Definitely. And don't you think that there have been times when, um, when I've not been busy, mm-hmm. um, but the, don't you think it's a bit weird that the time I decide to like um, do all the gardening and clean all the windows and do all that is at a time where I'm actually like and, and I come in on a Saturday and do you know and I was thinking like I, 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 I probably that. I probably could have done this like four months ago 
at a time when there's a bit of a lull, yeah, uh, you know, or, so, or so six to, months ago, or whenever, you know. To clarify for our for our for our wonderful listeners, um, last week Mark was like, just to let you know, I'll probably be coming into the studio to do a little bit of work over the weekend. I was like, oh, okay, no worries, you know, hope it's all, you know, don't overwork yourself, friend, and all this. And then I get sent a fantastic photo of like. Oh, we've chopped down, you know, the lavender, and it looked awesome, and it did. It was wonderful. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you didn't go to the studio to do the gardening. You did go to the studio to do some work. And as much as it was brilliant and it looks fantastic, but I think you needed that break actually to do something slightly different. You can't work all the time. No. But I. But and your little boy was helping as well. Yeah, he, he was. was very, and he very good he enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, and he enjoyed cleaning the windows last weekend yeah. as well. But um, they say, don't they? If you if you want to get something done, give it to someone who's busy. Yeah, yeah. And because I think you can procrastinate if you don't have a huge amount to do. There's no urgency to do anything. Yeah. So we can just sort of. It doesn't really matter when things get done in a way. Um, it'll all get done eventually yeah. it always does but it doesn't have to get done whereas when you're busy you're like right I've got an hour window yeah. let's get that crap done basically a window um, to clean the windows a window yeah. to clean the windows and, and you be, you're probably more efficient when you're busy aren't you because you have to be because it's like right these I need to get ten things done today whereas when yeah. you're quiet it might be I've got to get three things done today yeah. and, and you make a decision because you don't have time to, to think about you make an informed decision I think yes and I think when you're busy, sometimes you trust yourself more because you're like, yeah, I know this is the right decision. I'm going to get it done. Right, tick, done. Yeah. Whereas when you sometimes when you're not as busy, you have more chance to not question yourself, but overthink something that you shouldn't really need to overthink. And you don't need to overthink. For me, I do that a lot. Yeah. I, I, I find that um, I, when, as, as someone who creates things, for for a, for a living that that's like it's self-expression isn't it in a way yeah. i mean it's it's not complete self-expression it's solving problems for for a client yeah. but those problems are being put through the filter that is that is me yeah. and um and i'm happy doing that but when when i'm not doing that it kind of things feel a bit broken when when there's not a lot of work and 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 sometimes when there's not a lot of work, you have to do the proactive stuff and kind of reach out to people and do the admin and kind of um, try and hustle and try and get yeah. some some work in. And yeah, I'm I'm much happier cracking on with the work and doing the work than being quiet and 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 and, and, and doing the yeah. hustling and the emails and the admin and the the chasing and the trying to get something to happen. Yeah. And I think doing the hustling is something we all have to do. And unfortunately, sometimes it is like wading through treacle. And I've got a couple of projects at the moment that have been, seen, appear to have been going round and round in circles and haven't quite got to the point where I'm able to do the exciting stuff, which is not the writing project plans and sorting stuff out and timelines and budgeting. That's the necessary thing, but it isn't the exciting thing of actually doing the work. Um, and that is sort of a downside of a quieter period when you are trying to get those things over the line to at least get them going. Because yeah. being, like you say, being a creative person, that's the way we operate. It, we're not pencil pushers in the admin sense, we're pencil pushers in the creating sense. And that's where we're happiest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like my self-worth and my value is, is kind of wrapped up with, with my work. But oh, I, think, no. I think like, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, better when I'm 
when I'm cracking on with stuff when I'm doing stuff and I think we both self-identify as creators yeah I would say we're creative people and I'm, I'm, I'm sure some people will disagree but I do not find project planning and spreadsheets necessarily creative that's not what I find creative it's necessary but it isn't exciting agreed Mm. and I find it takes me quite a long time mm. whereas I, you know I could be working on a project and someone might say could you send a timeline for this project and it would probably take me as long to actually kind of work out all the timeline as it was yeah. would be to just say right I'm going to just do it and yeah. get it finished just off get it done yeah, yeah. so oh. yeah. so what else have you been up to that's exciting um, well not exciting it doesn't all have to be exciting does it no um, <laughs> so have I covered I've kind of covered the work stuff haven't I the websites and the yeah. oh I did um, I did a little project which was quite good good fun for um, a, de- a director a film director um, who directed Father Ted and um, Alan Partridge Alpha Papa and a few other comedy um, things I think he directed um, one of some of the Little Britain episodes. I was very excited when he was in the studio yeah, as well. Yeah, he's cool, isn't he? Yeah, he was a very, very nice man. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so um, we, we we met up and he, he wanted a logo and a few things like that, um, business cards, it's really a, a kind of mini brand identity, which he then took out to LA. We were rushing to get everything printed in time mm-hmm. and he flew out to LA for a load of meetings, told me, he subsequently told me that Will Farrell has one of the cards now. Um, Which again, I yeah. was probably more excited about the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I was kind of thinking about this that um, because I put I put this I, I put this project on um, on Instagram. I don't I don't put all the work I create on Instagram, but um, and it 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 got quite a few likes. Yeah. And I thought um, that kind of the um the subject of a project is really important in how it's received isn't it of, yeah definitely of yeah or, or the client or like if there's something you can do amazing work for something that is quite uninteresting yeah and it won't get any traction yeah. whereas you can do good work for some for someone who's really interesting or for a brand that's really interesting or for plastic free pledge that are doing something you know yeah. and 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 those are the those are the type of things that seem to get traction now, I'm, I'm not chasing likes or yeah. you know favorites but it it kind of is a way to yeah to measure things a little it bit, is it? it is interesting you have to say, yeah taking it with a excuse the instagram pun taking it with a certain filter on things it's like when you, when you sell stuff on eBay. Sometimes you think, that's definitely going to sell, and no bugger wants to buy it at all. And yet something else you're going, oh, well, I'll just put that on. And then loads of people are bidding for it. You just Sometimes you just never know yeah. what people I, are going to want. I sold all those records, didn't I? Oh, I, yeah. I, I had um, a big box of vinyl records. Some were classical music that my dad had given to me. Um, some were mine, and, and I split it out into three different piles. One was hardcore music, one was um, house music and one was kind of trans house music um, and yeah the, the hardcore which I'd, 
I'd taken it all to a shop and the people in the shop were like, oh, there's no market for this. It's yeah. really niche. Yeah. And then it went, it ended up going for like a few hundred pounds. I was yeah. really, was quite, quite really surprised. Yeah. yeah. But then I suppose because it is so niche, then maybe that record store is not for them, but yet it is for somebody. Yeah. And that is the, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? And I think as well, the um, a lot of the house tunes have probably been released on on digital so you, you can still get it whereas some of that hardcore stuff you know mo- most of them sample um, vocals and things probably none of them have paid paid rights <laughs> you know you think? The, the white the, you know the white labels yeah. and things like that they won't have paid any rights no. so it only exists in that format mm. and so if you want it you have to pay for there it there is a rarity to it and obviously it being vinyl it's also it, it degrades in the sense that if it's used then it, there's even less of them, isn't there? Yeah. So that's the thing. I've got something on eBay at the moment, actually. My mum had um, a sheepskin jacket, and she said, "Oh, I've got this. I never wear it. Yeah, like you flog it for me on eBay." So I was yeah. like, "Yeah, sure." Well, like a doughboy sheepskin jacket. Um, yeah, it's not as kind of it's. It's not as doughboy. No, it's a, it's a bit more <laughs> um, stylish than that. Yeah, it's okay. a women's one, and okay. it's kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't wear it, but and and um, but yeah, it's it, but it's a quid. <laughs> so it finishes on Sunday, and I put it on, and it's it's just had one bid for a pound. Cause for I, a pound, I put a really low starting price on because I thought, oh, that'll get loads of people interested and get yeah. a bidding war going. Yeah, but yeah. And I so there you go, people. If you're looking for a ladies' sheepskin jacket, yeah, head over to eBay. There's some bargains to be had. Yeah, I think it's from like the seventies or the eighties or something. Wow. That so I own my dad's sheepskin jacket Do you? that he bought when I was born, which isn't that long ago, but it's still quite a few years ago. Um, so like a proper, proper flying jacket. And I think at the time it was some insane amount of money, like half a month's wages or something ridiculous. Um, and it's super cosy and lovely. Um, I don't wear it very often because I'm worried about it getting marked because it's it's not a dark leather flying jacket. It's a light do you have like and a billowing um, billowing scarf? Yeah, and I wear my Biggles goggles, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and my flying hat. I do own a flying hat. There's something at the door. Hang on a minute. Where were we? <laughs> Biggles. Oh, Biggles. Yeah. So somebody was just at the door. Yeah. Which was in. Yeah. We get that quite a lot because we look like a cafe, and I think people sort of knock on the door sometimes, ask us for a latte. They weren't. But they um, used to walk in though, didn't they? Weren't they? Yeah. In summertime, if we've got the door open, people sort of like rock in and we're like, hello. Um, yeah. Biggles. I do have a hat, a flying hat. Oh, maybe I'll give. Maybe I gave it to charity now. I can't even remember. But yeah. But I can't, uh, that that was a really abrupt end. But yeah, no. So you're selling your your mum's sheepskin jacket on eBay. Yeah. Mm. That's about it, really. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what else? Oh, I tell you what. What's happened um, for me? I had my first ever tattoo done. That's what I've had. Uh, that's what's happened. It's probably not the most exciting thing that's happened since we did the last podcast. But yeah, I finally so, did it. A tattoo is a visual thing. Can you um, articulate that? Can you talk Indeed, us through it? Indeed, I can. So um, this it's is got a pigeon. It. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky. So um, a so blackbird. It's, it's no. A crow. No, 
we're, we're getting closer. It's a corvid. It's um, it's a jay. So jay birds. Um, it's all done in black and greys. No, screams, Jay's scream. Like that, right. pretty much. Yeah, they're quite noisy things. Um, sorry to the listeners. Sorry, yeah, sorry, that probably was like, what the hell? Um, yeah, we're not responsible for pierced eardrums. But no, it's a, so it's a Corvid, so it's a, so it's a J, um, look in like plan format, so it's, it's wings outspread, and then it's got alchemy symbols directly behind it, so it's taken me six years to design it. Because um, obviously, designers, we don't do things that quickly. Um, when it's permanent on your body, at least. Uh, but yeah, I went and had it done, and it took six hours design and one hour to tattoo, and it's in the middle of my back, and I love it. And it's kind of above your shoulder blades and just going onto the bottom part of your neck, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got, so it's, so it's a, a J, and then it's got alchemy um, symbols behind, which is a circle, and there's arrows, and there's lots of dots as well. And then above the J, there's a sword, because I do long sword training. Do you still do long sword? Yeah, I haven't done for a while, because I injured my um, my shoulder doing MMA. Um, but yeah, no, I still do, so have done long studio sword Studio Ninja. Yeah, Studio Ninja. Um, and then there's an arrow either side um, of the sword. But yeah, it was it was point, quite interesting. Do thing. they point upwards? Yes, all point upwards, yes. Right. Yeah. Did it hurt? Yes. I'm not going to lie, but it was a it was an interesting sort of pain. It was different to any pain that I've ever felt, and I felt quite a lot of pain. So I pranged myself quite a lot in different capacities, from you know landing on my head on my snowboard and all sorts of things. Uh, MMA as well, being punched in the face that hurts a bit. But, um, but yeah, it was a different kind of pain. It was like somebody putting fire in your skin. So I do you remember back in the day when we had to have like inoculations for school. Yeah. And we had, did you have your BCG done? BCG. Yeah, that's the one we all lined up and everybody came out crying because it hurt so much. Is that the one where it was like um, a kind of um, a Tommy gun and they put they had a flame and they put it into the flame? Flame? There, God, it, we did have a flame. It had like out. multiple needles multiple on. Multiple needles, yeah. yeah. What are they doing setting fire to it though? I don't know. Oh jeez, I didn't do it that, that, that down here. I don't, I don't. I don't know if they just use the same one for everyone and, and kind of oh burned off the germs or something. I remember flames though. I mean, it was quite traumatic. <laughs> and it was, it was we like... We totally didn't have like, But yeah, it's the multi-point it was, one. It was like... like um, yeah. What are those brat, um, brattling guns or something that are like from the Second World War that rotate and... Oh my God. It reminded me of a lamprey. Do you know what a lamprey is? No. It's like a massive sea worm but it has a circular mouth with like multiple teeth right. in. It reminded me of a lamprey. Right. Anyway, the feeling when that went into your, your arm, it yeah. felt like really hot. That's what having a tattoo felt like to me. But because I was leaning forwards, I actually sort of relaxed quite a bit and I nearly fell asleep. But I lost the hour completely. It wasn't too bad. She was a very, very good tattooist. Yeah, the Inkwell tattoos in Spelling. Right. Highly recommend them. They were wonderful. So yes, that was an exciting thing that happened, sort of design related, I suppose. Yeah. So you've been on travels as well, Harry? Yeah, you? I've had had um had a holiday to um, Tenerife. Nice. Which was nice. It's funny the um the Canary Islands never really appealed to me, um, but last year we went to Lanzarote and stayed in a nice hotel in a nice area and had a car and went round and. Kind of saw the island, and it is in places it is quite touristy and commercial, and I th- you know that's try and avoid that if I can. Um, but 
yeah, we just really enjoyed it going away in late October, <laughs> early November and having 25 degree heat and being able to swim in the sea and nice yeah so it was lovely so yeah we went we went back at the the half term um and went went to tenerife lovely mm, which is quite nice and we climbed the spain's uh, no we didn't climb i'm gonna rewind that <laughs> we, we drove part way up and then we got the cable car to the top of Spain's highest mountain, which is, I think it's called Tidi. Um, I'm Mount not entirely, Tidi. yeah, Mount Tidi. And um, yeah, really, it's quite cold at the top, two degrees, and um, amazing views. And I think yeah, it's amazing. three 3,700 meters which is pretty tall. above sea level, which yeah. is, I think, um, Ben Nevis is 1,200, something like oh, that. I don't know. So it's you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not inconsiderable. You were yeah. well above the clouds. I yeah, think. we were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it lush. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you are excused. Yeah, so we did that, and uh, we got we um, went out on a boat to see whales and dolphins, which was really nice. Um, and went go karting and drove around the island and did some exploring and. Not a go kart though. No. Yeah. No. It was a two-seater go-kart, and I took my little boy, and he was sat next to me. So, yeah. so that is brilliant. He quite enjoyed it, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, so that's, that's it for holidays. Mm-hmm. I've got another holiday booked for um, a significant birthday next year. So. You don't look for, like you're going to be 50 at all. <laughs> no, <you're cheeky. laughs> no, I don't, do I? No, you don't. I'm not. That is the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, so um, I booked to go to eat pizza, Ibiza. Eat pizza. Eat, eat pizza. <laughs> um, yeah, going to Ibiza with um, with the family mm. and parents and brothers and their partners and things like that. So lovely. Yeah, there will be eleven of us in a nice villa. That'd be great. Yeah, quite looking forward to that. But also very stressful when you get that amount of family in one place. Mm, maybe. Yeah. 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 Should have enough to do. There's yeah. a pool there and stuff, so. That's true. Yeah. Nice. So I can't remember where we got up to with Party Trike, but um, mm. yeah, I think. I think you were about to go to a festival the last time we did a Pokemon. Had we, we'd, we'd spoken about Noisley Festival, yes. which I'd said was really interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, sin- yes. Since then, um, we did. Um, we were asked to go and do. Um, the National Cycling Show at the Birmingham NEC. Mm-hmm. So we took the party track there and did, did performed at the after party and then um, played the next day um, outside on a... There's like a mountain bike track outside, so we kind of Great. played out there. So that was good. And then we're desperate um, to, to... We really want to take it to Glastonbury. It would be brilliant. Really, really want to take it to Glastonbury. That's like a kind of bucket list thing to, yeah. to go and DJ at Glastonbury. Um, and yeah, I was kind of doing a little bit of hustling to try and um, to try and get in with people who organise different areas at Glastonbury. Because although um, Michael and Emily Evis um, are, uh, oversee it, they kind of 
give um, areas to different different people to organise. So you've got to try and get in with those people who organise the areas. Um, and in doing that, we 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 did it just before the the People's Vote March happened in in London the week before it, and a couple of people got back in touch and said, "Hey, this is great. You know, would you be interested in coming down and doing the uh, doing playing at the People's Vote March?" So we ended up we ended up taking party trike in onto the streets of London and performing in front of seven hundred thousand people, which was which was quite something. Yeah, and who was fun. DJing? Um, apart from myself, um, we had um, Horsemeat Disco, who are quite you know you, people have heard of might yeah. have heard of them. Yeah. Um, Artwork, who is a BBC Radio One nighttime resident DJ really nice guy and great DJ yeah so and a a few other people as well so yeah it was really really good fun Um, I saw the little clips on Instagram look fantastic yeah we start we started off just went and parked up for a bit and then we we saw that the police were kind of coming in to to sort of draw the end of the procession so we had to start riding it and doing the music down the road (laughs) while we were riding it some music's coming out of my earphones. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, riding it along the road, and then we parked up under Nelson's column and and played for a bit there, and then Brilliant. went down past Parliament, and then kind of got kettled by the police, and they were trying to make us go on the pavement, but it wouldn't. It, we couldn't really. The, the curbs are really high, and there's a yeah. big barrier now on yeah. the pavements because of what happened on on that bridge yeah and it was it was a bit it was a bit weird really because there were loads of police around us police fans and stuff because there was a big crowd of people yeah and I think they wanted to disperse the crowds um and they were trying to we were getting different messages so one one police officer would come and say oh can you go this way can you go on the pavement and then the other would say oh you need to stay on the road because um there's too many oncoming people on the, on the pavement mm-hmm. and this that and the other anyway we ended up in this kind of uh, crossed over the over the Thames and ended up in this little um road that had been closed off closed off to the public and had, yeah. a, had a bit of a rave there and then packed nice. it all up and went home that? Yeah, it was a long day, but it was yeah, yeah it, was, it was really really amazing. Great, something that I'll remember for a long yeah. time. Something to tell the grandchildren, as they say. Yeah, I don't have any. Well, not yet, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll remember it. Yeah, got the photos to prove it. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so have you mentioned um, Dora on the I have. Pod? Have you? Yeah, I've mentioned Dora. So Dora, my boat. I've mentioned a couple of times on the on the podcast. How's how's Dora going? She's pretty much done um, in the external sense. So I took a couple of weeks off in August, didn't go away on holiday or anything, but spent two weeks at the boatyard, which was fabulous to actually have a good chunk of time doing something when you're doing anything that's a very hands-on task. When you're doing a couple of days a week, so just the weekends, it feels like sometimes you're chasing your tail a bit. And if you have a crappy day of weather, which fortunately we didn't have a huge amount of, uh, this summer anyway but uh, it was good to have two weeks and actually spend every single day at the yard and see the progress um, and as of last week the last coat of gloss paint went on her top sides which meant she's now ready to go back in the water which is 
really exciting because it now means that she can go in the water, soak up the water because all timber boats will then soak up. It's very much like a, a whiskey barrel. It needs to be, they need to be wet to, um, to basically to keep the seams really tight. So even though she's been fully refurbed, there will be some sort of a small amount of water, hopefully, touch wood, that she'll let on and then soak up and then I can do all the internal refit. So we've got double glazing waiting to go in and I've got a wood burning stove, the smallest wood burning stove that you can purchase. It's made in the UK. Um, have you, ta- you taken up out the old windows or are you going to leave those in to no, weatherproof it until no. until it's ready for the new windows oh, at the moment all of the old stuff's still in there right. so it'll literally be like a take out and replace it's pretty simple so to to kind of preempt it taking on water can you not spray it on the insides and kind of get water into the into the timber to get it to start expanding or yeah yes and no some people actually do like fill coffee sacks and stuff like that with sawdust and then keep that wet and then lay it on the inside of their boat to actually stop it drying out right um i didn't do that but what i did do is there was two leaks there was one leak in what essentially is like the little galley area um and then there was one is that the front or the back of the galley uh, that's at the back right. yes, where the little kitchenette is yeah. and then right at the front which is um at the bow there was a leak from one of the hatches that were on on top deck instead of repairing those I just left it so the water that was coming in just sat in in the um, the bilges effectively uh, and it's just still sitting there so I know that she there's definitely not a hole because it just would have peed straight out the bottom mm. um, so I just left that um, just more like the judgement really just thinking well it's not doing me any harm and it'll probably do her some good and quite a lot of the old guys in the boatyard who all have an opinion and they're all wonderful and they all seem to think that that was a good idea as well so who knows? At least you get relaunched. I don't know. At least you're getting consistent advice. Yes, yeah, so there's there's some fluctuating advice. Of course, everybody has their favourites of things, particularly when it comes to paint. Oh, don't use that. I'd use this, and the next person will come along saying, "Oh, why have you used that? I would have used that." Um, but yeah, I mean, generally the um, the consensus has been pretty good. And some, I had a couple of hugs off the old guys in the yard last week because they could see that I was pretty much done. And uh, they came over and gave me a hug and said how proud they were that I've I've done it all myself, which is really sweet actually, 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 actually. Um, which was really sweet. Um, Ashley, Ashley. So yes, yeah, so now the once she's taken up some water, the internal refit will get done. Wood burning stove will go in, and then um, yeah, then it's she's ready to be moved into, which would be exciting. So, do you, do you think? Like, it's all men there, is it, who have been giving you the advice? 98%. I think there's one other female. Do you think that you've challenged some preconceptions about, oh, here's a woman with a boat? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I did. I was told a couple of stories by the guys of of, um, females who had also done boats, and one of them had spent an insane amount of money doing something that they all thought was a really bad idea. Um, And I think they had the assumption from that woman and plus one other one in the boatyard that you know the women had just generally come in and spent the money and somebody else had done the work and they just sort of sat around and pointed whereas I was coming in and going I'm not going to be I'm spending my time no one else has done anything on it Um, have they apart from you no no just me yeah just me to to date Um, yeah so just me and that's fine. I mean, I will get somebody to come and do the electrics because I know when to draw the line. Yeah. Is that I will not touch electrics, I will not touch gas, the same as it is in a building. I mean, electrics and water, especially. Oh, electrics and water. Yeah. Um, electrics and a wooden boat. I yeah. mean, there's all the... And, you know, she's not very big, so I could get somebody and I can... I'll do all the electrical layout, the same as I do for any, any um, architectural stuff. 
So I can do all the plans and then just give the plans to somebody and just point them in the direction and get it done. Uh, apart from that, everything will be done by me. It's not going to be in conduit, though, is it? Any of the... Yeah, it'll be conduit. <laughs> what? No, but nice conduit. We're not talking... This is all conduit. We've yeah, got a studio. Yeah. But not, not that, that, that white plastic oh, conduit. Oh, like... no, please. No, no, it'll be done in flexible steel conduit. Flexible steel, right? Yeah, yeah, because obviously she's... It's, it, I mean, you can do... So we've got um, steel conduit here, um, but it's obviously lovely and straight, yes. which you can do in a building because the building doesn't move. Um, whereas when you've got a boat, you've got curves. Everything's on a curve. Yeah. Um, even when you look at something and think it's symmetrical, you measure it and you go, arse, that isn't symmetrical at all. Um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing it all well above any waterline um, in flexible steel conduit for the electrical cabling. Right. Yours. But I haven't yet got that, but I've planned it all out. And yeah, so that's Is it low concept. voltage lighting um, and stuff like that? Yeah, it will be. Volt? Well, um, I'm going to be running off shore power. So shore power, you can run um, regular appliances off. You just need to have an inverting system. So, and I will be having a solar panel as well, or a few solar panels on the roof eventually. Right. So the system that I'm going to be installing will be able to run off 12-volt leisure batteries, deep cycle ones. Yeah. But then there will be um, basically like regular power sockets. So it's going to be like being in a house. Yeah. But you'll have like an, um, uh, a charge. Um, Sounds a bit like a party, party trying yeah, setup. Yeah, really similar. I mean, it's very, very similar to uh, camper vans, that sort of thing. You know, you, you plug in and you charge up so you can run off um, a power source from from shore or from from like a site, um, but then with the boats, obviously you'll be work, you can run off battery, um, and then have I might have, not too sure I might put a wind generator on, but they're quite expensive, so there's that sort of like weird offset between the amount of money you you spend on a generation system versus what you would actually spend on your mooring electrical plug-in. Right. You know I mean? And because Dora's not going to be out at sea very much at all, if at all for the foreseeable year um, until I learn how to set up properly. <laughs> and, and put an engine in. <laughs> yeah, and fix the engine, because the engine, her engines are currently a little bit seized. Um, but yeah, get that fixed up. So yeah, so that's been a big thing. So, the... Um, no, completely forgotten what I was going to oh, say. That's fine. Something about something it was. Something yeah. about something. Something about boats. Something oh, about the, um, is it 5 amp, the uh, plug-in? Or, you know, like a, a camper van, is it that kind of... Uh, I don't know exactly what's on the mooring, if I'm being completely honest. Right. Or is um, it just a, a normal three-pin plug? No, no, it won't be. It will be, it'll be an inverted system of some description. If I'm being massively honest... That is the next thing on the list to tackle and to look at um, exactly what will be on the mooring and exactly what will be the best benefit to actually get um, system plug-in and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. So you went away, didn't you? I did. I've been away to a couple of places. So I went and spoke at the Good Life Experience Festival, which was up in Wales, which was fantastic. And I went there and spoke about marine plastic. Um, and that was a couple of days, really nice camping days. And it didn't rain, which was fab. And you didn't get cold like last time? No, because uh, I had a new sleeping bag, which I was exceedingly excited <laughs> about. Probably 
Um, disproportionately excited than most people should be for a sleeping bag, um, but it was wonderful. Um, and it's a sleeping bag that has a drawstring at the bottom. It's called a knapsack by Polar. And you can undo the drawstring and then you can pull it up and then drawstring it around your waist so you can walk around in your sleeping bag, which I just think is marvellous. And it's got a hood to it and two little zips so you can stick your arms out the side so you can just wander around in a sleeping bag if you want. And then you can get back and zip yourself up. It's and it was great. nice and warm. Oh, so cosy. So cosy. It was brilliant. Um, so I did that and that was did, great. Did you take a camp bed or did you sleep on the floor? Slept on the floor. Hardcore, hardcore mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hardcore. No, I had a very, I had a yoga mat that I slept on. But I managed to find, this was in Wales. Softcore. So, so softcore, yeah. <laughs> so the, um, the ground was quite springy of, of lovely lush grass. So I found a particularly springy bit that was relatively flat. So it wasn't actually too bad. Um, yeah. And a little nip of whiskey at the end of the day, that makes you go to sleep. So that's all right. So there was that. And then I also, on the opposite spectrum of being cold, I went to Bali, which was fantastic. And that was super hot. Um, so I went for the Global Go Skier Initiative um, annual AGM. So the Global Go Skier Initiative is a cross-sectoral global organisation of uh, businesses or government, charities, etc., all working towards the, um, the issue of ghost gear, which is abandoned, lost or otherwise discarded fishing gear. And I'm in the working group of um, replicating solutions, which is once net has been recovered, on cleans or end of life, how it can be incorporated into new products. So I'm on the working group for that. So we had our two day AGM in Bali. Last year we were in Bangkok, which was pretty cool as well. Where, so yeah. Where's next year? Uh, possibly Hawaii, we're not too sure yet. Not too sure. They, they, they're pretty good at choosing the locations, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, and because it's a, this is the thing, it's, I mean, I've been super lucky with the ones I've attended because there's been a couple of other that were maybe more Europe-based, but I, I wasn't part of the organisation then. So I've been to Miami, Bangkok, and Bali. Um, and what, what the Triple GI tries to do is to locate the meetings close to areas to give people the most benefit to go. So obviously over in Bali, you're very close to Australia. So there's a lot of people that could attend from Indonesia and Australia. Um, obviously Miami, there's lots of people in sort of North America and South America that could attend that were closer. So yeah, so it was it was brilliant. Really, really lovely t- couple of days of AGM, meeting new people and catching up with people, working on projects. Um, and Bali was was stunning. What I saw of it, I did have food poisoning for a whole day, which was awful, but I survived. Thank you, thanks to the insanely weird drugs I was given by the pharmacy, but that worked. Um, and yeah, and it was it was fantastic. Did some snorkeling. Didn't go diving, which is a bit of a bum, because that was the day that I was ill. Um, and then came back by Dubai, which is where my brother lives. And did you drop in to see your brother? I did. So I saw my brother in Dubai. He picked me up from the airport, bless him, about 6am. And I am like a cat in the sense that I can sleep anywhere. So he picked me up at 6am Dubai time, expecting me to have slept the entire nine hours from Bali to Dubai. And I hadn't because the two wonderful people who were sitting next door to me needed to pee. I'm not even joking, every two minutes. So I was up and down and up and down and up and down the entire night. So I didn't sleep at all. And my lovely brother had organised an itinerary that, you know, was military in precision. Um, So I had to have disco naps every time we were driving between places to actually last the day. But we, I saw loads of places that he goes to. Uh, He's lived in Dubai for about 10 years. Uh, And I regret to say that this is the first time I've ever been for various reasons. Um... And it was nice to see how his life is and obviously spend some time with 
with him and, um, and my nephew as well and obviously his wife. Um, went up the Burj Khalifa, so uh, had a pee in the big, the tallest building in the world. Very good. Yeah. And I was really pleased with myself until I realised that you could go up some steps to another floor that had another toilet on it. Right. So I had to go and have another pee, the floor above. Just, <laughs> Just to say that I peed in the tallest building in the world. Uh, and the view was pretty amazing, actually. And Dubai was a weird place. I didn't yeah. think I could live there. Do you know, it was interesting. I, I saw on Twitter someone put yesterday something about Dubai and saying, oh, Dubai is just like um, the Trafford Centre, which... To a to a southerner, it probably doesn't make any sense. No. But like, it's just like going to the Trafford Centre, but with warm weather. Um, Trafford Centre with warm weather. Yeah, mm. and and um, reading reading the comments, it was kind of half the people were like, "Oh yeah, completely agree, completely agree," and then the other half of the people were like, um, "You've obviously never been. I live there, and it's it's amazing, you know, and this, that, and the other." So yeah, yeah. what was... what what do you think? I I think it's. Um... There's a very distinct difference between those have those who have and those who who, who don't have. Um, there is quite a distinction, uh, particularly through because I was uh, being an interested in in construction. I was paying quite close attention to any sort of construction sites we went to, and there's very you know people are working in extreme temperatures, and even when I went in October, it was like thirty degrees or something insane, um, and you know you know they're not on a very very high wage those workers uh, and yet the cost of living in dubai and uae is just incredible um so some of it, it was just it was just quite staggering actually how much things actually did cost um and i know people's wages 10 pound a pint is it something like that oh e- easily oh, i think i paid seven pounds for a milkshake right. which nearly made my eyes fall out my head not the milkshake, but the price. I mean, they, they don't pay tax over there, no, do they? So. No, they don't. Um, so it was it was an interesting place, but I don't... And I can see all my brother likes living there. Um, I don't think I could. I'm much more... Uh, for me, the, the fact that you couldn't do a lot of things outside for a lot of the year because of the weather... Just because it was just, just too it, hot. It would just be right. too hot. You'd just I mean, burn. Yeah, it would just be insane. I mean, to the point where when James and I were out... Um, it was 30 degrees in October. When did I go? It was like late October, wasn't it? Um, and, it, you know, that was just about tolerable for me. And James was like, oh, this is like nothing. And I'm thinking, my God, that is just insane to me. Absolutely insane. Um, but I, it also rained when I was in Dubai, which, was, which happens like once a year. Right. And so I saw rain. I saw a sandstorm. Um, what else did I see? Yeah, we went to the aquarium as well, so that was quite interesting. And so, yeah, it's all, so, everything's modern, isn't it? It doesn't really have any historic kind of... Not really, not that I saw. I mean, I was there for such a short period of time. Uh, and there is Dubai Old Town, which James pointed out when we were going back to the airport, but I didn't, I didn't see. Um, it was so. a fishing, like a fishing village before the... Oh, quite, I don't know, yeah. yeah quite it has been, you know, there, yeah. there have been people who have lived there, but... yeah. The, I believe but yeah. the what was interesting to see with the city is there was very large power plants uh, and power lines when we were sort of driving around um, and you can see basically the urban sprawl that, that Dubai had developed from uh, and it had pretty much got to the point where they'd reached the power lines so they couldn't go any further than that so then you could it was almost like Dubai was trapped by its own power systems so right. then it would have to pop up 
the other side of the power point and the power lines. And right. My brother was saying even how he. So the power lines it. are in the ground. No, 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 all above ground and like large, large power uh, power plants actually to generate generate all the stuff for Dubai and desalination so, plants. And so things. do you mean power stations? Pylons. Yeah, no, power stations and pylons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they built up to where the power station was, but they'd, they'd, yeah. Yeah, they'd not gone past that. Yeah, and these are large power stations and lots of them. Right. So there's a large amount of area that's taken up by um, generating power effectively. So it's pretty much got to that point. To cool everything down. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, where does it go from there? So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Dubai sprawls and changes. We went on to the Palm as well, which I think is the only... Only the second man-made structure that's visible from space after the Great Wall of China. Right. Um, and it was, obviously this sounds like a really divvy thing to say, but it was much, much bigger than I thought it was going to be. I've seen it when you fly yeah. to Dubai, you see yeah. it. But I hadn't fully appreciated until I was actually on it and driving around um, exactly how big it was. So does it have a, a motorway, motorway around it? Or? No, I don't know. So it's, um, it's all, um, it's road system, like a dual carriageway through the middle, yeah. like the centre of the yeah. palm. Um but, you know, the actual buildings that were on the palm were far, far bigger than I thought they were going to be. Right. Uh, but what was interesting to see is on one of one section, obviously, where the currents come in, obviously, with my love for, like, uh, marine environments, I was really interested to see um, what the impact had, like the sea had on the on the structures. And it's obviously reclaimed land. It's all fake. Yes. Um, and so much of it had been eroded on one side that it was all being reinforced by massive massive pieces of reinforcing stone right. um, all the way around South Rossi the sea was crashing in and was eroding the island um, so yeah nature takes back basically and yeah. it looked like there was a bit of a I don't I think they were winning the battle but at the same time it's it it was quite something to see this huge pieces of reinforcing being done did you see the the world there's one that's no didn't see of... the world actually no right no that was further down I think but saw the old Burj, and then saw see the Burj Khalifa, the new one. Um, and when we were there, they had like um, a fountain show as well. And then there was a light show. And basically, there was just the world's tallest adverts being projected onto the Burj Khalifa. Right. Which was just mad to see. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people watching these, like, huge adverts. The Burj Khalifa, is that the one with two towers? No, it's... That, um, is that the patrol? Uh, no, the, there's the, the one with, like... Sort of the like sail the, the sail yeah. yeah that's the other Burj uh, Burj Araf right. maybe I think I can't remember Burj means tower which, right. left, which was interesting um, yes the Burj Khalifa is the new one which is the really really tall one very sort of the spire right. effectively um, yeah cool. so it was a, an interesting place a very interesting place but um, wouldn't be anywhere that I would live myself but then I'd be very happy living in a cabin in the middle of Canada with, with the gor- with the monkey no. yeah with not, monkeys no, not monkeys or gorillas <laughs> yeah with the, bears with the bears I'll have yes. the bears please yeah. yeah yeah as long as there's lots of chocolate and whiskey and a wood burning stove I'd be happy fair enough <laughs> those are three pretty good things yeah yeah you can't you can't complain amongst you will notice there's only two of us talking on this podcast which is slightly unusual because we used to have Jake with us so Jake was working with me at the studio um, he's now left the studio he's gone back to the University of Sussex to finish off his degree and we do miss him don't we 
Yeah. Yeah, I miss the daily abuse of him calling me names. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so there's only two of us um, that will be on the podcast. We're going to get some more guests in, I think, aren't we? Some yeah. Some to come and chat yep. about their working progress and stuff. Yep. And if you're listening and you have something interesting to say, yeah. talk about, let us know and we'll... Um, Drop us a line. Yeah, we'll get you in. Yeah. Cool. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. Um, What are you doing this weekend, Claire? I might be going to a craft fair tomorrow. Right. With a friend, uh, a maker's fair. Is that like a craft fair? A craft uh, fair. A a southern (sighs) craft. It's a craft fair. Craft. Craft fair. Um, A maker's fair. A maker's fair. A maker's fair. Um, Because I've managed to not spend anything on Black Friday, which I'm very pleased with myself with about. Um, apart from buying coffee, which I, I consumed, which was marvellous. I took my car to the um, the garage for a, for a service today, and um, it, the de- it's a, a, a dealership, and they they usually have like a range of different cars in there. They've got rid of all the cars and just put all black cars in there, and then they all had black on the front number plate and Friday on the back. Right. It's like oh, this is it's, it's only really in the past three or four years yeah. that Black Friday's kind of come to Britain, isn't it? Yeah. And what annoys me is not Black Friday per se, but the fact that it isn't just Black Friday. It's a Black Friday week. Yeah. Um, get your Black Friday... T- well, it's not Black Friday last week, was it? No. I mean, And I think if you're going to be buying something that is that will give you value in your life. So like, I don't know, you need a new winter coat, for example. Yeah. And it means that instead of it being 200 quid... You can get say twenty percent off much? at two hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what that? that I, yeah. I fully appreciate you spending money on something that's if it's a something's going to last you and you're yeah. going to use. What I I don't like is buying, and I will do a swear here, buying shit for the sake of buying shit just because it's cheap on Black Friday. Yeah, you don't probably need it. That's what winds me up. Mm. Yeah, so there we are. Mini Black Friday rant. I've I've not bought anything today I've not even thought of buying anything today I've been busy thinking about other stuff possibly when I get home um, if I can see any bargains floating around I might get something yeah. but it, it wouldn't be something that I wouldn't get anyway so yeah. you know I've, I've got a, a, a four year old who will be receiving some some gifts so yeah. um, I might have a look if there's anything interesting for him but I've got a good idea of the stuff yeah. that, that he likes he loves his Lego and yeah colouring in things like that so I'm not going to invent something but if there is something yeah agreed so that's going to be my weekend maybe going in supporting local independent makers oh one other thing that I'm going to be doing tomorrow is I will be going to the opening of a new store in Brighton Hove even which is the plastic free pantry that's opening up in Hove right Harriet's of Hove it's going to be called it's going to be like a refill shop Um, where uh, along Blatchington Road in Hove. Okay. So I will probably pop along to that to say hello and support them and say hi and see what it's see what they've got on offer and stuff because that's relatively local to the studio. And then boat, 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 always boat. How about you? Um, I had planned to go to London on Sunday with my little boy but oh. apparently the trains aren't running this weekend which is quite oh, annoying what a surprise yeah um, there's probably a leaf on the line that's probably what it is engineering works at three bridges oh it's always at three bridges isn't always it? is three bridges yeah maybe if they just had two 
conversation with somebody today about leaves on the line and apparently they said they'd seen a report that they were gonna be this might have been BS, but apparently they're gonna be fitting um lasers <laughs> to the front of the trains to burn off the leaves. They might have been having me on. I might have been having a gullible moment, but I wouldn't be surprised. Lasers. Do you, do you know what? I was watching a programme the other day, and it was uh, one that my little boy watches, but mm. actually you can learn quite a lot from some of these programmes. And it was showing the um, the Metrolink um, system in Manchester. Yeah. And... Um, Manchester. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes. Manchester. Um the, the Metrolink system, and when the track gets wet, obviously metal on metal slips. So they have a little funnel that pours sand, very fine sand, onto the track in front of the wheels really? to give to give them bite, which obviously oh. I've never known about. But yeah, you never would, would you? No. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you do learn a lot of good stuff on kids' programs. Yeah, Katie's amazing machines. Wow. And the music is by the darkness. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's what the, they're doing now. The, yeah, the theme, theme tune by Justin, what's he, what was he called? Hawkins? Justin Hawkins? Hawkins or yeah. Something like that. I think they said Justin Frieshman, but that's Justine Frieshman off of 90s girl band. Which one was it? No idea. Oh, man. Oh, it's on a postcard that's going to annoy me. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Oh. So... Yeah, if you if you ever stuck for some time, Katie Katie's amazing machines, <laughs> or um, what's the other one um, that we used to watch quite a lot with Maddie? Um, I don't know. It explains how. Do you know what it's called? And it just explains how like how they make waffle ice cream cones and how um, flashing lights on police cars work and. How, that's cool. how the how they pump water up to the top of um, water slides and all that sort of the stuff. The best one of those I remember from a kid is how to make Brighton rock. Well, as you think about it, with all the names and all the tiny little letters. Yeah, and they make and it it's made giant, massive, don't they? Yeah. Like proper massive. Yeah. And it's all like... Squished. Yeah, extruded into yeah. this little thing. See, that yeah. was really cool. I remember that skin. And how to make rubber gloves, dip moulding. Right. Yeah, remember that as well. What was your favourite programme as a kid? We're kind of wrapping up. Yeah, we were wrapping up. My favourite programme as a kid was um, was Nightmare, which was on ITV. I didn't watch a lot of ITV at all, but Nightmare was basically where you went into a television studio and there was three of you and you sat as a mini team and then one of you uh, put an oversized helmet on and was put into a, uh, a game where you had to do forward steps and side steps and then put bread in your knapsack. But you couldn't see from your um, the helmet went over your eyes, right? And you had dungeon master was bait. It was a bit dungeons and dragonsy basically. Right. And then the, the team had to sort of help you solve riddles and help you run through computer generated fire and things like that. I always wanted to be on Nightmare, and I never did. I don't remember Nightmare. Maybe it's before my time. Oh, you lie! You <laughs> lie! Maybe you just didn't have ITV up north. No, we did. We did have ITV. I didn't watch ITV as a as a as a kid very what was much. Your favourite game, television program. There's a program called Activate. <gasps> Activate, which yes. did all did all um, like stu- stunts yeah. and kind of active stuff. Yeah, I remember that. There was Bitsa. Do you remember that? It's a Bitsa. Yeah, yeah too, actually. It was, it was about making that, that I liked. Oh my goodness! Kickstarter. I really used to like that. Do. 
Yeah, kickstart Saturday mornings yeah. that was, wasn't it? Yeah. You sit there eating a wheat of it watching that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, them's were the days. They were, yeah. Mm. Oh. So there we go. Mm. That's the wrap up. So. Yeah, so I'm probably not going to London, but I don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll find out. Yeah, cool. Need to get my car from the car garage first. Yeah. Make sure they don't swap it for a black one. Yeah. Hmm. If the black one's a brand new one. Well, that's true. Do you know, they had a car in there, and it, it's like, oh, Black Friday, black Friday sale. Mm. And I went in, and they had this black car. And I was like, oh, I wonder how... That's, that's a nice car. Mm. wonder how much... £96,000. Like, 96 yeah, grand? That's what the not, hell was it? It was a BMW M5. That doesn't mean a lot to me. No. <laughs> I'll show you a photo because I took a photo of it. Show me a photo. It's it completely unassuming. Nearly 96, well, no. 96 grand. No way. Is any car worth 96 grand? It's going to lose half its value in about three years. Yeah. That's it. See, that just looks like a regular car to me. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it looks nice. Hell's bells. Good grief. How on earth are they... You, why are you getting charged 260 quid for seat belts? Oh, that is just stupid. Oh, M seat belts. It's probably Has got, it got an M written on it. It's probably got some stitch, like coloured stitching oh, in it God or something. Sake. Well, tell you what, if anybody wants to buy this car, I will stitch an M on it for you for <laughs> half that price. So there we go. There's the bargain Black yeah. Friday of the day. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. So there we go. So you won't be buying that car. I certainly won't be buying that car. I'd no. gift it to you. Maybe you'll yeah. win the lottery. Actually, if you won the lottery tonight, would you go and buy that? No. No. That, Me neither. That that car. I don't know, for, for that money, you could buy three cars. Well, you could buy lots of cars, you but you, buy, you, could, you could... I like, could buy five electric motorbikes for that. That's a sports car. Yeah. But it's also, it's also a kind of luxury saloon. It's yeah. a bit of everything car. But yeah. for, that, for that money, you could go and buy a sports car for the road, yeah. uh, uh, a comfortable saloon car for the road, and you could buy yourself a track car and a trailer to tow it to... You to could. And yeah. Insane. And then you'd have to buy yourself a house with enough room oh, to keep three cars. God. And insurance. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, three-car strategy, they say, don't they? No. <laughs> no. No. Insanity. Hmm. Cool. Right. Anything else? Don't think so. Well, well done if you've made it this far for yeah, rambling kind on. Yeah, it's kind of fizzled out there. Yeah. yeah, hopefully the next one will um, be less than four months. Hopefully we'll maybe try and do one next week or the week after and get, yeah. someone, get someone in pretty soon. Yeah, that'd be good. Do we do it before Christmas? <gasps> God, I said the C word. Apologies. You did. But to be fair, for three days the, the studio has had Christmas trees in the window and snowflakes and bubbles. Indeed. We have. So, yeah, we declared it Christmas. Oh, oh, oh my god, and we've eaten mince pies. We have, yeah. Jesus. I bought some mince pies, didn't I? Yeah. Well, Jesus, yeah, it's quite appropriate. <laughs> he's, that was when he was born, allegedly. Apparently yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. 
Well, yeah. see you soon, people. Okay. Late status. Bye.